Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. I, I would like to get some initial thoughts on Stranger Things because there, there are some thoughts that I have that are that are consistent even by the end that I'd okay. love to hear your thoughts on as well that that but we will not do spoilers I promise um <laughs> I won't talk about the time where Steve gets eviscerated or anything don't oh come on I'm man. kidding I'm kidding <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that Steve is alive I, I have no idea um and and I will not um but yeah that'd be awesome let's do let's do that so the last time we talked we we were talking about I think we were on like episode like three or four of Kenobi, I, uh, right. something like that. Um, and so it's really like the penultimate episode and the last episode. We, in general, listeners, if you if you haven't tuned in to the last episode where we talked about Kenobi, we are generally underwhelmed <laughs> by <laughs> that's Kenobi. A, that's a fair way to put it. <laughs> um, I think that if I reflect on the whole thing, I stand by one of my initial thoughts on it, which is this whole thing could have been fixed if it was not Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> right. <laughs> if it was. It would have just been the, Ra- the Reva show. Yeah, Reva the some... third sister. And then I'd be like, great, you know, <laughs> like perfectly adequate, like, like a, a lovely film, a lovely series. But because it's about Kenobi, it, it now, for me, it opens up so many questions about, um, well, about everything in the series. Like, what in the world, like, we've, we've talked about this already. Like, why in the world, um, now that we're seeing it face-to-face, is Luke even on Tatooine? If, if Kenobi is really the only one in the galaxy anybody can trust, what was the whole point of giving Leia to Jimmy Smith in the first place? Right. Like, I don't understand. But but now the main thing I'm asking, and I asked this the last time, is well, at the end of Kenobi, there are things that I liked, and I'll say what I liked in a second. But I must now ask if Obi Wan Kenobi is interesting enough to even have uh, his own show, and I have to and I have to conclude that the answer is no. He's just not that interesting. Um, it's not Ewan McGregor's fault at all. Um, and it's frankly nobody's fault. Obi-Wan, when he's first introduced, isn't supposed to be that interesting anyway. Like he's right. he's literally just a, 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 a an old, you know, wise character to get Luke to the next step. Like, like he, right. he could be interchanged with anything. Um, and so and so by the end of the series, I, I, I'm it's been confirmed to me that I'm like, mm, maybe he just gets in the way. Maybe he just yeah. gets in the way of the things that are more interesting. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I think, I think that you're, you're spot on in terms of the Skywalker saga in, in terms of Obi-Wan's importance. Yeah. I think that if they were going to develop Obi-Wan as a character and they were going to give us some deeper sort of insight into his psyche or his motivations or you know his character development, then that would have been fine, but I don't feel like we got that out of that show. I don't think that it was terribly, uh, I mean, even though it was called Obi-Wan Kenobi, it really didn't, there wasn't anything new or any story elements told about Obi-Wan Kenobi that we already didn't either get from the prequels or 
you know, understand from our brief encounter with him in A New Hope, right? right? The only thing that Obi-Wan managed to do for me is it kind of undermines the relationship that Obi-Wan and Leia have Mm -hmm. in A New Hope because she calls him Ben in A New Hope and she calls him Obi-Wan all the time. Like in in uh or she calls him Obi-Wan all the time in in uh a new hope. She's help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Right. right? But like the kids now calling her Ben. It's like so you know it's Ben. Like <laughs> you know, like yeah. silly stuff like that. Like it just seems like they she would have had more of a connection to him because she, she kind of viewed him as like she, she like Carrie Fisher didn't really interact with Obi-Wan that much. You would think right. that she would have like ran into his arms if, if he had rescued her before, you right, know, and right. they had this kind of relationship. So I think what it did more than anything was undermine sort of the, the mystery that was Obi-Wan in the new hope. Um, moreover, I'm hearing that they're talking about doing a second season. They didn't have any content for the first season. Yeah, I don't know, you know about that. I, like my biggest my biggest gripe about it was that it was rehashed old things. You notice how the hyperdrive system didn't work, right? Of course, right. <laughs> the of course most it doesn't work. The most important person in the galaxy must be the guy that runs the hyperdrives. Like or fixes hyperdrives. He's got to be right. the most powerful person in the galaxy because every time somebody's trying to go somewhere, the fucking hyperdrive doesn't work. Or or you know there's always a silhouette of, of a bad guy who just almost caught the good guys. And then they're flying off in the ship, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, it's the same tropes over and over and over again. And the right. last two episodes, the ones that we hadn't seen the last time we discussed this did exactly the same. thing. <laughs> yeah. They were just as egregious. They were just as egregious. You're right. And what's funny is, is those last two episodes. So like the stuff, the stuff that I like about Obi-Wan about the show um, I like, how do I want to put it? I wish it was a fan created thing, you know, that right. like somebody's like, I'm not trying to be canonical. I'm not trying to make it all work. I just want to explore, you know, these, these different emotional beats between Obi-Wan and Vader, you know, and just, just present them, just do, do something silly. And then like, I'd pat, I'd send you that video. I'd be like, well, this is nice. Cool. And you'd be like, well, yeah, yeah, really cool. You know? And then we'd move on. But (laughs) because, because there are parts of those last two episodes that I genuinely like if they were not canonical, like if they, if they were something totally different. Um, So like, obviously I like anything in which Vader is a badass, And so the penultimate episode in which Vader grabs a, a a fucking ship out of the sky badass as hell i'm like vader yeah. is awesome and i love that everything awesome. about him you know or like when he beats the shit out of out of reva right mm-hmm. like like it's it's this great moment where where you where you're really like man vader is so is such a diva he's so petty <laughs> He's so powerful, like he knows this is all bullshit from the beginning, and he's just going to beat the crap out of third sister. And he's he's like, Obi-Wan is absolutely using you to escape. And it is funny, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and he says that and it's great. And then in the last episode where they confront each other and it's this really, you know, it's this emotional moment. It's 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 well done. The parts of that, like finale, where you've got, you know, that big fight and and. 
at one point, you know, Obi-Wan like, like busts the helmet. And so you hear both James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen sort of at the same time, you know, right. That's all really great. If it was not canonical. Yeah. Like, like instead it comes across as a giant F you to like everything that made the confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader in a new hope. Interesting. Or, or have gravitas, right? Like, like we just watched essentially two demigods fight. Right. And then, and Obi-Wan decisively won. Again. Right. Yes. You know, like, like, again. And, and the next time they meet, it's as if that fight, you know. Never even occurred. Never occurred, you know. And, and, the, and the worst, most egregious part about it is that, like, if, if Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, is getting his ass kicked by his old master over and over again. Is he really going to let that shit slide? Like he's, he's Darth Vader now. Like he would have had a vendetta that would have put Luke in more danger because, because Obi-Wan was nearby him or close to him and they can sense each other through the force. Right. Right. Like anytime the, the four, like I was gleaning from some of the things that they were talking about in the show about, how if they use their powers, if they use their force powers, that other other force sensitives can can kind of can kind of sense it. Right. It's kind of like uh, you know, you've ever seen the movie Highlander. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. What yeah, you so mean. like they they get that kind of feeling that there's another person out there using the force or whatever. Um, if that's the case, then like Obi Wan should be on the other side of the galaxy from Luke, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because Vader has got to be looking for Obi Wan. He's the only Jedi left or, that we know of, besides Yoda, and nobody knows where he went or why. You know. Right. But right. like, it, it just it opens up a can of worms, and I I'm fearful that because I know how profitable it was for Disney that they're going to try to make another season of it. And it's just going to make it even more convoluted and it's going to make it even more like easily toyed with. And yeah. I, I'm not sure I'm, in, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not in favor of that, but um, I don't think that the show itself was bad. I know we're, I know we've been shitting on it, but I don't think that the, the show itself was bad. I just think that the execution, as far as trying, like you said, to, to kind of mash it all into the canon and try to, maintain the continuity throughout the, the the films makes it so sketchy and difficult to do anything worthwhile and original because you know whenever vader and i mean the, the, the whole finale was set up between vader and and obi-wan to like duke it out mm-hmm. you know it's not going to be the end like exactly we're, we're already we're already aware that that neither one of these guys is gonna you know lose mm-hmm. right so it, it doesn't have that same kind of weight or gravitas to it. If they would have used a different hero uh, or, or a different villain, like maybe if, if the final fight was between the, uh, um, the, the Grand Inquisitor and, and Obi-Wan or something like that, so we could have like a victory there, then that would be something. But because they wanted to use Vader in there, we already know how the Vader thing winds up. You know, it ends on the first yeah. desktop. That's that's how that would end up, you know. So exactly, exactly. And the funny thing is, is like this is this is this show is obviously a victim of you know really wanting to do I call it so so in some ways it's it's like an interesting um uh it's the same sort of uh Star Wars is the victim once again of 
the episode two problem. Here's what I mean by that. If you, I sometimes like to torture myself and listen to George Lucas do interviews about the prequels because the man is the man's got Swiss cheese brain. He doesn't, he doesn't have any idea like, like what he's, you know, Oh, it's great. And I'm like, I mean, it's not great. Like I, I don't get me wrong. There's a part in my heart for the prequels. And, and if there's one thing, the prequels aren't, are they're not offensive. And so that's good. <laughs> you know, They're just, they're just boring, but like, yeah. but it's not great. But like he talks about, there's this really um, telling speech and it's really funny in this it's like a behind the scenes moment in episode two where vader not vader george lucas is talking to like production people and like you know puppeteers and like all these different things and he's like we're today we're going to be talking about how the count dooku and yoda scene is going to go and he's like now remember friends like we really want to make sure we you know we we do exactly what what needs to happen by yoda everybody's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that's why you know we really got to get this lightsaber fight right you know what what people really want to see is yoda jumping around with his with his laser sword you know and and beating count Dooku like that and everybody's kind of like uh okay uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yoda's like 860 <laughs> uh okay you know and and like <laughs> And like the answer is no, actually no. That's one of the worst parts of episode two. Is, yeah. is Yoda is Yoda leaping around? Yeah, and certain people with a saber. Why? Because it fucking ruins Yoda. Yoda is yeah. not supposed to be doing that. Yoda is <laughs> supposed to have transcended that. Like he's supposed right. to be. He's supposed to be so in tune with the Force that like that stuff. Fuck that stuff. Well, like, size like, matters not, right? So right. Size matters not. You know. <laughs> Apparently, that means size matters not. With the force, you can backflip however you want. You know, like, yeah. like well, then, then why didn't he do anything in uh, uh, in episode five? You I know, don't know. Sitting on Dagobah, like being old and dying, like, <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. I mean, we're talking what that was like thirty years ago that that happened. Oh yeah, in in the timeline, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere like around maybe, that, yeah. Maybe thirty years prior to that, Yoda was doing flips and spins, and now he's just an old hermit who's going to fade off into the ether. Right? <laughs> it's like, come on! It's, and why I mean, do we do this stuff? It's so dumb. But I think it's a similar thing that happens in Obi Wan, right? Like, well, I I have a feeling that folks sat around and said, well, we really want to give people what they want, and what they're really looking for is big is a big climactic fight you know they're just looking for they're just looking for and, this and big to be fair to be fair that was a cool scene sure i thought it was entertaining to watch i thought they did a good job with it but uh, that's not what 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 i was tuning in for so to speak you know right right but that's my and, point like yeah. it, it misunderstands uh just like lucas misunderstanding what makes yoda yoda like like what makes him um interesting and and the ultimate jedi master and all of these things because lucas george lucas misunderstands that in yeah. favor of a spectacle right it's a similar thing here like what if you wanted an obi-wan show i am totally cool with obi-wan evading vader he should have evaded vader the entire show right maybe maybe really tense moments where he might not have oh god is he gonna make it he does. He should. It should have been a spy movie or a spy show 
with right. very little lightsaber stuff. Maybe the only time there was a lightsaber stuff, sh- even though I love the episode three Vader strolling through the outer room killing folks, like yeah. maybe the only time Vader took his lightsaber out would have been to kill Reva. Maybe right. that. Maybe that's it. Maybe that should have been the big moment. But there should never have been any of that. It should have been Obi-Wan trying to figure out how to evade Vader to keep Luke safe. Right. And, and he should succeed in the end. And, and right. then that, that then can help us explain. And you, can, and you can still have Vader yank a transport ship out of the sky, which was absolutely awesome. Yes. You know, and then the other one just was behind it and it flew off and he didn't do anything to that one. Just watched it go. I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on, Vader. <laughs> he was too busy ripping apart the other ship. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like eh, whatever. Like, and and then Reva, you know, gets gets her ass handed to her. Unfortunately, I I you like know, her a I, ton. But I read an interview online, so take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about how the original arc of the story was that Reva was going to. Um, be killed by Vader uh, to allow Obi-Wan to escape and or uh, was going to tell Vader that she killed Obi-Wan and Vader was going to kill her because like she took his thunder and that would have set it up so that Vader didn't know Obi-Wan was still alive and that would have made more sense in terms of you know a new hope yeah but I just can't get over the fact that, like, with Vader and Obi-Wan facing off in that lightsaber duel and Obi-Wan winning again. Yeah. That Vader would just let that slide for the next 15 years until Luke's old enough to take care of himself, you know? I agree. I agree. And and they try to sweep it under the rug a little bit. They gave you that little scene at the end where Palpatine was like, you know, I wonder if you're feelings on this matter are clear you know and, yeah. and and vader's like they are clear like like the idea is that the Pal- palpatine's like yeah i can see that you're you know kind of being a fuck waffle but like you need to get it together right yeah and and so like they tried to make that the reason well the reason why vader just doesn't tear up the galaxy you know <laughs> to murder obi-wan again um, is because palpatine basically is like i can see that you're obsessing over this it's time to stop obsessing over it. All of this would be fine. I would buy that. If that wasn't the worst plan ever. <laughs> if that wasn't the worst plan ever, right. Like, But once again, like, like it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to complain about the prequels again. Be, you know, even though I do have that weird relationship with them. But it, but it comes back to the prequels interpreting the original trilogy in the weirdest possible way. Like, right. Palpatine's whole plan from the beginning is a bad plan. Right. You know, it's it's easily the the only reason there's a reviewer of the Star Wars prequels that I like called Mr. Plinkett. And Mr. Plinkett has this moment when he's reviewing episode three where he's like, let us now name the stupidest character in all of Star Wars. Who is the dumbest? And he goes through this list of, of people in episode three. He's like, the entire Jedi Council is filled with a bunch of morons, and I don't understand why they are in charge. You know, and then they and he goes through why. And then he's like, but they are not the dumbest. Newt Gunray 
he might be the dumbest. And he's like, actually, no, not even Newt Gunray's the dumbest. Anakin Skywalker is the dumbest human being in the entire galaxy. <laughs> he's he he can clearly see Palpatine is evil every step of the way. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. He's he's just like, oh, what do I do? Like, like, what are you doing? Like, he's evil. I want to stop people from dying. I want to stop people from dying. <laughs> and Palpatine, Palpatine's like, you know, Anakin, the ancient Sith Lords could stop people from dying. Really? <laughs> Like, red flag, Anakin. (laughs) If you're hanging out with a politician and the politician casually mentions that Adolf Hitler had some great ideas, (laughs) like, like you don't go, oh, say more. (laughs) No, you go, whoa, (laughs) what are you saying? Why do you know so much about Hitler? <laughs> like, like it's it's very silly. Um, and 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 so Pal- that plan is very bad because ultimately, why not go after Obi Wan? Exactly. Why not? You know what? It should have happened is Vader. Vader should have insisted that Obi Wan is real, but there should have been no evidence. Right. That's that's the other way to do it, right? Like Vader. Vader could have spent that whole show pursuing Obi Wan. Right. But never being able to have like hard evidence that Obi-Wan is alive. It should have been like people should have been like, mm, maybe Vader's losing it. Like, like, and then Palpatine yeah. in that scene at the end would make sense where Palpatine's like, right. you are fucking losing it. Like, and you need to yeah. get it the fuck together. And then so Vader just is kind of cowed, you know, that's not the way they did it. Yep. So a uh, long story short, listeners, Obi-Wan Kenobi as a show, underwhelming. Um <laughs> The highlights are the parts that I would be happy with anyway. You know, I, if yeah. somebody was like, here's 15 minutes of Vader killing some guys, I'd be like, cool. Sounds great. <laughs> and I really it. did. I really did enjoy watching Ewan McGregor yeah. portray Obi-Wan. I think he does a great job with it. Um, I don't have I don't have anything negative to say about any of the acting or anything like that. It's just these plot points that that are just not they should be more well thought out i think i don't know why it's that hard for you know the writers at disney or wherever to to not consider these things i mean have they never seen the movies <laughs> like what what are you doing and and that's always been you and my thing like this is this is the nerd this is the nerd cry you know for for good entertainment since since the dawn of time like all we're asking is an extra 90 seconds of work yeah that's yeah. all. We're just asking for people to take 90 more seconds and go, maybe we should think a little harder about this. That way we can yeah. make it all work a little more coherently. And everybody goes, yeah, sounds good. That's all we're looking for. <laughs> we're in, looking in, for instead magic. of instead of having instead of having a, a grandiose lightsaber battle in mind, thinking, oh, this will be a spectacle. How do we get how do we work it in so that this will this will work? And it's like, no, that's not that's not the spectacle. <laughs> you know? No. Not, not at all. Like, I don't know. I think, I think that that's, that's my thought on it. I hope, I hope that they learn. Um, if, I mean, if Obi Wan Kenobi is a is an indicator, they haven't learned. But I hope that they have another chance to learn that genre pieces are the way to go. Right. You know, genre pieces and either new characters or side characters. Right. You can do that, and then we're fine. Right. Like, well, the Book of Boba Fett, for as inconsistent as it was was a genre piece with side characters that we could understand right nothing about the book of both that ruined anything not really right you know were there decisions made that i didn't like yeah but there was a but despite that 
it, it told a consistent story and the high and the high points were good. Right. Right. And, and so when, like, I and they didn't, and you, they didn't threaten everything else. That's and they didn't the most threaten everything thing. else. Exactly. Exactly. Did I scream when Cad Bane showed up in the book Boba Fett? Hell yeah. It was the coolest motherfucking thing yeah. I've ever seen. You know, yeah. like, like that was so badass. You yep. know, and, and they should have leaned into that, you know, yep. with with the Obi-Wan show. I don't really know who they're going for. You know, like, yeah. what, what are we going for here? Like, it's it's clearly not a spy show. It's clearly not a Western. It's not a, you know, it's not a comedy. It's not it's not any of those other things. So, so what is it? Oh, it's just a Star Wars story. Yeah, that's a problem, man. Like the last <laughs> movie that was just a, the last thing that was just a Star Wars story was solo. Yeah. And that movie was boring. Like it <laughs> bored the shit out of us. Why? Because it was just a Star Wars story. It was just, right. it was, it just felt like everything else. It, it, it didn't tell anything new. It was once again, a story about a main character that in the end just ruined everything anyway. Like, like, <laughs> and also my last thought on it is you don't have to do a live action version of an animated show that did it better. Right. Isn't Obi Wan just rebels? Like, isn't that, right in the Clone Wars? Just to end like, the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, and that those stories were told, and they were told well. And like I said, like they did the they did the uh, the flashback scene with Obi Wan and, and Anakin, you know, fighting to set up sort of like how Vader was ultimately going to lose because Anakin still hasn't mastered the ability to like apparently think for a second <laughs> <You know? laughs> right but uh but um they cut back into like prequel territory with that they mm -hmm. could have done a lot of cutbacks to things that we saw in the clone wars or things that we saw in rebels and made them live action absolutely you know that i would have loved cool. to see seen live action harrison Dula. you know yeah. i would love to see you know a, a live action garab Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Garazeb, whatever his name is that, that would have been cool you know yeah. but again missed opportunities because they were so focused on the same characters from the original trilogy with with leia and obi-wan and that's invader and that was it like they didn't look to any of that other material you know there's thousands of species out there we only saw like humans <laughs> you know? sure, sure. There wasn't even a damn Wookiee. Not I can't. That's agree. That's an in itself is egregious. Where's Chewbacca? Isn't isn't what we learned in the prequels that Chewbacca is at the center of every major event in Star Wars? Yeah. Like, like Chewbacca, you fought in the Clone Wars. I was actually a general in the Clone Wars. I fought with Yoda. <laughs> what are you doing here? Hang <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, on a second. What? You know, <laughs> whatever. Well, it, when they introduced. I can't remember the the name of the other Wookiee from Book of Boba Fett. That that one. Oh that yeah, was. yeah, that badass Wookiee. I he was him. badass. That was cool. He was, cool. He was, <laughs> I was cool. like, that's I what can... I want Chewie to be. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Wookiee was cool. I I have to agree. I have to agree. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, long story short, friends, watch Obi Wan. Don't watch it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's nothing you haven't seen before. It's it's just not. It's nothing you no. haven't seen before. No, not at all. Let's talk about Stranger Things. Yes. Now on to things that I haven't seen all of yet. <laughs> right. So so I promise no spoilers. Um, I think that we can keep it pretty high level. And if we want, we can talk exclusively about that first 
group of the fourth season, you know, the, the original release, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and if something comes up that is answered in the last two episodes, I will be like, it's answered in the last two episodes, but I won't say why. Um, otherwise, I will go with you on this. Um, sir, Stranger Things season four, what do you think so far? Season, season four, to me, um, has a different flavor than the other three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the first season was a nostalgia bomb for children of the 80s. Oh, sure. Right? And the second two were almost like creature features in a way. Um, sure. Unlike the Demogorgon from season one, um, the, the whole mind flayer and the different beasts that we saw, they were all sort of creature features. And that was explored through uh, season two and three. Season four, with the introduction of the villain Vecna, has a completely different vibe. It's a completely yeah. different... Uh, I mean, it's almost nostalgic for itself. Like, it's almost mm. nostalgic for Stranger Things itself, you know? Um, and I think they put a lot more homage towards, like, some of the 80s horror movies, like some of the slash clips that I, I felt like the first episode, the first couple of episodes and the way Vecna carries himself is very um, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah. The way that mm. they have, like, the the way that he can... he he attacks people um, through their mind and like snaps their bones and everything, which is gruesome and kind of awesome, <laughs> but kind of, but kind of, but kind of terrifying in the fact that like, there's nowhere, there's no buddy to fight. There's no, there's no thing that you can like do to stop it. Right. And, right. In the same way that like a, like a Freddy Krueger, you know, attacking you in your dreams, there, like there's an, an intangibility to it that, that is, is frightening because there's yeah. no, like, like if you if you have like a, a Jason Voorhees or or, or uh, Michael Myers, one of these masked killers. I mean, at least there's a physical thing that you can like run away from or get away from, and or or somehow fight or come back to try to protect yourself. And you might lose, but at least you have at least there's something tangible there that you can they can avoid it. But like I think what makes Vecna so terrifying is you can't stop him. Like there's just right. there, you don't even know he's there. You know exactly and. And and I think the villain uh, aspect of it is 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 so much more intriguing, and I think that the storytelling has been true to itself. It doesn't try to like like it. Everything seems to match in the world um, th- as they explain it. Like when we see where Vecna's origins come from, you know, right. which aren't immediately apparent but as the show progresses we've learned who Vecna really is and where he came from and why he's so powerful why Eleven is so powerful and why what their connection is and it, it, like it all kind of makes sense and that's what I really appreciated about it because they were able to tell a new story based on the old framework like I said it's almost nostalgic for itself yeah and uh and they were able to do to to kind of play by their own in-universe rules you know and it has like this believability within its own context and you go wow this is this is a new threat this is an, this is not like you know mind flayer monsters running around this is this is different and it and it has a different uh sense of anxiety and mm-hmm. uh I, I think it carries itself very well now i did have some issues with some of the <laughs> some some minor issues but overall i i would argue that i think season four might be as good as season one which that's i thought was 
Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's interesting. Season one. I, I think that I would be willing, just in the immediate response to the, that last comment, I think I think for me, season two is still my favorite. I, I, I think it takes what season one has done and and um well let me let me back up. I think that season one, I you know me, I prefer tightly told stories. Right. You know, without a ton of bloat, without a ton of extra stuff. And so there's something to be said about how just razor tight, razor sharp season one is, you know, it's, there's no wasted motion. It's all, it's all seamlessly told towards, you know, we must rescue Will like, like, boom, you know, and then the B plot is who is L and then, and then it comes together very seamlessly and Will is rescued. Great. And then it sets up season two perfectly, where at the end of season one, you discover that Will is still kind of shifting in and out of the upside down and he can't, right. you know, he doesn't know. Great. What I love about season two and why I think season two is my favorite is everybody's a little older. Will is allowed to be a character rather than right. a damsel in distress. And we just, and, and then it also introduces my favorite character in all the Stranger Things, Billy. Yeah. Who, whose death is still the greatest loss in all of Stranger Things, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> but like it introduces these characters like Max and Billy, although I think Max comes in season three. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but it but it begins all of that. And 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 it just adds on to what has already happened in season one in just really great ways. And, and there, right. there's a part of me that looks at season two as being like, wow, it's it's darker and scarier. And 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 there's something more emotional about it. And. And I and I'll always really like season two for that. Right. Season three, the highs of season three are high, and the lows of season three are kind of low. There are right. parts of season three for me that are a little boring or a little too like like a little too aggressively like cheesy eighties. Right. You know, if if season one and two are really great nostalgia, wow, this is fun and it's so eighties and it's great. Season three at times crosses into. I don't need another girl power moment. Like I don't need, right. you know, I, I, Oh, bitches be shopping. Great. You yeah. know, like moving on, you know, um, I would put season four in between one and two for me. I, I would yeah. say season one is a little better than season four, just because season four is not as tight. Right. Which, which is my main critique. Like, like if I have one, if I have only one critique of season four, I have many small critiques like i just have you know it's a great show and so most of my critiques are very nitpicky but my my main critique is just how useless mike and jonathan and will are (laughs) like like just how just just utterly useless like like and 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 that carries over into the second part of season two that you haven't watched yet like there's a moment in the second part of season two i won't say what happens but like l is finally doing something and and like and, and the only thing that Mike and and Will and Jonathan can do is like pour her a glass of water, and and they do it, they do it, and I'm like I'm helping, I'm Mike, and I'm helping save the world, like like, like I'm I'm like fuck, get out of there, Mike, nobody needs you, nobody needs your help, like like, like what are you, not even Will needs you anymore, and all what Will wants is for you to say I love you, that's all he's looking for. You know, he, Will is literally dying. He's, he's, he's sitting there. Yeah. He's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm so gay. And I just want my friend to say I love you. Like, 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 give me a break. They're so useless. 
Yeah. And and that's like my biggest critique of season four is because everything is much bigger now. Uh, and by the way, season four, Stranger Things, season four, Stranger Things handles big well. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like it's huge. It's a huge season, but they handle it well. They just leave Mike and Will and Jonathan in the dust. Like, like they're just, they're just like, oh man, there's nothing for you guys to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Not at all. Hang out with your high friend, I guess, you know, yeah. like, like that's it. Uh, and then my nitpicky thing, this is my only nitpicky thing is man, just have fucking Hopper and Murray and Winona Ryder have their own two episode miniseries. Like right. that thing had nothing to do with the show. Well, There's see, I was hoping happening. That, I was hoping that that would somehow be explained. Like, like I was hoping there was a point to that in the next two episodes, in the final two episodes. Like, I was hoping that that will wind itself back into the story, and I'll understand why they went to this whole Russia thing, um, and maybe there would be some kind of closure for that. But uh, again, having not seen the last two, it's not, doesn't sound like I'm going to get that. So, <laughs> get it a little bit. Like, like it's a little contrived by the end and i won't say what happens uh my gut this is purely my gut my gut tells me that it's it's meant to set up season five like right. it's just the aspect of which the, show the duffers have already announced is going to be the finals season good season let's five. which let's is good like do it let's yes, not overdo right it. Yeah. like don't don't screw it up i mean you've got a good thing going i like season four for the same reasons that i liked season one and that's why I put them so close together, because in season one, we didn't know what the hell was going on. We were figuring it all out. Right. By season two, we kind of knew what the upside down was. We kind of knew what the mind flare was. We kind of knew how things worked. And it was like, again, more of a creature feature thing for me. Sure. That's not in any way to denigrate it or say it was poorly done. It, that It was not. But it didn't have the same kind of mysterious anxiety gotta watch the next one um feel that season one did i season one before we knew what demogorgon was or where where it came from or how it operated or anything like that we the fun of the of season one was exploring all that and finding out like what the bad guy was and how right. the bad guy functioned and i feel like season four does that with vecna very well that's a and, good point in similar fashion to season one, I think that's yes. why I put them in the same sort of on the same sort of uh, pa parallel. I'm not saying that season four is necessarily better than season one, but it has the same sort of uh, kind of slow burn learning what's going on and, and, and kind of drawing you in and and explaining things in a different way. That's not the mind flare. Like yeah. it's not that one that we've already been told. It's it's something different, you know. And I I feel like it has the same sort of uh, vibe, yeah. In 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 terms of storytelling that that season one did. That's why I put them kind of hand in hand there. That's a good point. I I hadn't thought of it in that way, but I think that's actually quite correct. Like yeah. the the mystery of the demigorgon and the upside down that drives season one is in fact very much present in Vecna. And I think that's right. exactly correct. Um, right. Um, and that's good. I, something, another great thing about season four, we're going to get to Steve in a second, because Steve is actually the best <laughs> thing about season four. Yeah, Steve, Steve's awesome. Steve is awesome. You know, what a, what an incredible, what an incredible arc. If this was pro wrestling, I'd be like, what an amazing, like just face turn. Like, yep. like 
Steve goes from shitty bad guy, shitty heel, to just <laughs> over as fuck. You know, like like the crowd is like the crowd is like, if Steve doesn't win tonight, we riot. You know, <laughs> like, it, is, it is ready. Like that's uh, amazing. Um, but like, but we'll get to Steve in a second. Like something that is. Um, oh God, I lost it because I just talked about Steve. Fuck me. <laughs> Steve knocked it all out. Um, oh, I remember now. Something that uh, season four does a very good job of as well is there, and this is what I mean when I say they handle the bigness of it well, is they have, they do a decent job at taking what are ultimately the two kind of A plots, which is L getting her powers back and then the main thing that's happening in Hawkins. Not right. not excluding, you know, definitely excluding Mike and Jonathan and Will, <laughs> and, you know, who who are having a lovely time riding in a VW bus the entire time. Um, and then in a very and, dazed and confused. Yeah. Kind of like, like what, the, what are we even doing here? guys? <laughs> it doesn't seem like anybody needs us. It seems like people are just getting shot when we're around for no reason. Um, like they do a really good job at taking these seemingly like we can all sense that they're going to come together in some way, of course, but these seemingly totally separate plots and, and that are rather large and then um, making them interesting enough that we stick with them all the way to the way in which they converge. Right. You know, with, at the end of that first part of season four, right? Like right. where we go, ah, yes. Number one is Vecna. Right. I see. And that whole scene at the end was great. Like having, having Nancy kind of in Vecna's memory while, while Elle is in her own memory and, and kind of watching it sort of unfold at the same time. Like, I think that's quite good. I thought, I thought it was a, a strong moment because it all kind of came together. Well, did I call that number one was Vecna? Not right away. Like, right. like the, the re revelation of the number one tattoo, like, like I yeah. was like, yes, we get it. Like he's yeah, yeah. now. I understand. You know? <laughs> yeah, we, we knew that long before those, yeah. we saw the tattoo, but right. Yeah. Did I know this guy that, did I know that creepy number one was evil? Uh, yeah. I mean, look at him. He's clearly <laughs> evil. Like, like, I don't know why L was so confused. There, That is a funny moment. I, I think young L like there's, you know, hit, the, the moment where, where one is like, I have this little device in my neck. And it keeps me weak. Now, yeah. what a strange thing to say. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, like if I was, I'd be like, why did you, why did you say that? Like, yeah. keeps you weak. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, if you try to run away, you get sleepy. Like, like, I don't know if I get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's because it's kind of like some kind of, I don't know, uh, where they, the, the beta blockers or something where, where you know, it's, it's like taking taking a pill because your knees are sore you know exactly it's, exactly. it's like dumbs you down or something i don't know but like yeah, i'm not sure exactly how how their powers actually function and I, i'm afraid yeah. that they're gonna try to i don't know if they try to explain it more with with uh matthew modine's character or not i'm not sure how that's gonna wind up but i'm almost fine with them just don't don't tell me why like i don't need right. to know why just let me live in the world that l has these powers and somehow they were developed and let's not get too much into it because it's going to start making it's not going to make sense <laughs> i think know? that's exactly right and 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 i agree with that like by the end of the second part of season four i'll say this that that's not broken so that's good you know that's it, good. It, it's good that it's good that that's still sort of this 
why do these people have powers? They have powers. I don't. I don't yeah, really know. Just but go that, with it. You know, <laughs> Matthew Modine, who sucks. You know, Matthew Modine is both playing the worst character in Stranger Things and is also not very good. <laughs> like, right. there's, there's an actor who is not doing a great job. It's Matthew Modine. Right. Um, uh, like like they they don't go into. It's not like Matthew Modine is a scientist and he's he's splicing genes together to create this. No, that's good. I'm glad they yeah. they're not doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I, I, my point is just like them being able to tease out for as long as they did these two plots, um, make it interesting enough for us to stick with both plots. Right. And then, and then kind of show how they connect. Very good. That's right. very strong work. Um, I understand why they couldn't really quite do it with r- the Russia storyline that they, they try by the end of season four, um, it's not terrible, but it does feel a little slapdash. It feels a little kind of oh, that's right, we got to figure out how to get. It this just together. seems like the whole Russia plot is disconnected and so 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 disconnected from what's going on with like the things in Hawkins and and why they move people out of Hawkins and into California and like it, yeah. it kind of I don't know that all that stuff was necessary. Now I, I do want to talk before we go here. I'm going to have to get going pretty soon because I got to do uh, fireworks with my daughter. I'm but sorry. um. Um, some of the new characters are good. Sure. Some of them aren't that good. Like the Erica character, I've had enough of her. Like, yeah, she's, she's <laughs> annoying. She's annoying. Like, and and like some of the things that they've chosen to do with like these. And keep in mind, like these these guys are like supposed to be fourteen or fifteen years old, right? Mm. And they're sneaking into government agencies. So, like, I've had some concerns plot wise with like why are you doing that with a 12 year old you know that's weird Uh, (laughs) but but all that aside i really like the character of eddie eddie's great i think that he he's drawn i mean eddie eddie is very much me (laughs) 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 like like, i get i identify very strongly with eddie um Mm. but uh i'm 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 afraid that he's going to die. <laughs> I cannot say because, I cannot say anything because because um, they they they're going to have to shake it up somehow, and they're going to have to have some sort of an emotional um, consequence to these things that are going on. I'm praying that they don't do Steve because I really like the way that character is developed. He's like the hero of the whole thing. Like he's so much better than everyone else. He's a good human being. Like, (laughs) like he's actually a decent guy now. And Mm -hmm. it's just nice to see that kind of development. And I I really like the character. I think the, uh, I can't tell the girl's name. Um, You're thinking of Robin. Yeah. Robin. She's Mm -hmm. doing an extra, like, I love the way those two play off each other and the kind of um, mutual friendships that they've developed you know, I, I think it's beautiful the way that they're telling that storyline. And yeah. I really like those characters. Um, I think that since Billy, <laughs> we right. all loved Billy, even though mm. he's a bastard. He was um, an asshole. <laughs> but but when when Billy died, that like that had an emotional impact. Right. right. And they're going to do the same thing. I feel like they're going to do the same thing. I just hope they don't sacrifice Steve to the land of like fan service to 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 get a tearjerker out of somebody sure uh i don't know what they're gonna do with it i'm fearful for steve but i think if it's not steve it'll be eddie 
I cannot say anything. I'll say two <laughs> things. I know you have to go. I'll say two yeah. things um, by way of wrap up. One, there is a moment at the last episode that when I watched it, I looked at Beth and I was like, Matt is going to cream his pants. Like, like he's going to, he's going to, to, I will, I'll delete this listeners. This is, this is very vile. He is going to come. He's going to come in his pants. He's going to be like, this is the greatest thing in the entire world. I love everything about this, you know, more of this forever in a day. Like, and it involves Eddie. So you're going to like that. Yeah. Um, I think um, by way of wrap up, I am blown away at how likable Steve is. Like I'm blown yeah. away at the way that actor and how it's written and the direction just, just really just transforms this character into somebody that everybody's like, man, this, this guy is great. Like yeah. he, he's and this enlightened of man that, of the eighties. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is a credit to the strength of Joe Keery's performance. Joe Keery is yes. the actor that plays Steve. And, um, a lot of the interviews and behind the scenes stuff that I've read, um, interviews with the other cast members, particularly the, the children like Finn Wolford and some of those other guys, mm -hmm. they really look to Steve as like, cause he's a couple of years older than them, but like he, he's yeah. like their, he's like their, um, their role model on set, you know? Sure. And he's kind of, he's kind of brought that into the character as well, where he's kind of integral to what's going on. And I think it's a testament to that guy's acting ability yes. that he's been able to to portray the character in that way. Now, yes, they had to write it that way for him, but I don't think that Steve was ever supposed to make it out of season one. Yeah, yeah, that's sense you I know? got. That's sense I and, got. And so they've had him. They had him left over, and what they've done with them, and what Joe Keery has been able to do with the character, has been brilliant. And that's where i want to see him go you know because <laughs> yeah. he's the he's the best part of that show he and really i know is. that we're, we were all supposed to think of like will or one of those one of the children one of the younger actors as being the hero or dustin or whatever hmm. um but it's really it's really all about steve now and i think that's such a interesting dynamic based on what he was like in season one and <laughs> how it's kind of all morphed into this yes here in season four yes so, he uh, his his legacy Kudos is cemented. To Joe Keery. That's all I can Kudos say. to Joe Keery is right. His legacy is cemented in the episode where they go to the upside down in season four, like like the four kind of teens, yeah. uh, you know, and 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 he's just he's taking his shirt off. He's really well built and he's just <laughs> beating the shit out of things. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, where did he come from? You know, and 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 like I don't know. Like like I watched that and I and I and I'm like, well, the ladies. The ladies will like this moment very much, you know. Like, 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 let's keep Steve's shirt off the whole show, you yeah. know. Like, like, let's let's have him beat the shit a, up everywhere. That was kind of a nice vindication for him to be able to do that with like the the upside down bat or whatever. Because you I mean, let's face it, the last season he got his ass handed to him by Billy. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, his oh face yeah. Is all smashed and everything. So like, yeah. Now, now, now Steve gets to be the hero, and that's it's it's fulfilling it's fulfilling it is we've seen him get his ass kicked you know we've seen him get his ass kicked, and we're always kind of rooting for him now you know exactly exactly we saw him fail romantically with robin you know and that wasn't really his fault robin's not you know straight so and it's like oh man we just want steve we just want steve to like have something successful and not get his ass handed to him and he finally is able to do it that makes me happy right right and it is cool like i i know you have to go and i'm so sorry the the 
what makes the I, I think I'm glad you brought up sort of Billy in the third season because one of the things that makes Billy's death a, just a terrible loss in Stranger Things is other than the fact that the character is just so gloriously sociopathic. Like it's just yeah. so he's so gloriously 80s teen movie villain. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, he's, come he's, to life. He's you know? Rob Lowe. You know, <laughs> you he's, know? he's so great. What may, what also makes it great is is that that actor is such a fucking killer. Like yeah. like he he's I can't think of his name. He is so fucking good. Yeah. In seasons two and three. That that when he's on screen, everybody else is overshadowed. He's so yep. intense and he's so he's so subtle and he's so great. Mm-hmm. And and so for him to be out of the picture, but not 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 so that everybody looks bad, but so that Steve and others can rise up. Right. And, be, and for Steve to go, I can be just as intense if I need to do it. And he can. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie's the same way, right? Like, like right. Eddie's a very different character. But even Eddie, in those moments where he's terrified for his fucking life, he's so intense. He's so um, he's so believable. It's all mm-hmm. so believable. You brought that up at the start of us talking about Stranger Things. Right. That's what makes Stranger Things really great. Is mm-hmm. that even though it's this '80s kind of funny thing that 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 leans into the you know the some of the tropes of '80s shows and movies and leans into this kind of supernatural paranormal stuff everything is so believable right because everybody is um i'm gonna say normal even yeah, now they're, like they're they're grounded they're grounded, they're grounded to right. that they're grounded to that reality you know and mm-hmm. they don't they don't seem outside of it they don't seem other than it you know they're they're very much a, a product of the same environment and they all um mesh very well together yes yes so Go watch that whenever you can. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it by the end, um, as well as as future th- things, uh, 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 predictions for the future, because right. the the show ends, um, and I and I kind of like looked at Beth and I was like, ah, uh, okay, you know, not in a bad way, but in a yeah. okay, this is not how I thought this was going to end. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's a, a a person dies or or a person essentially dies that I was like oh they're really oh they're doing that <laughs> you know, it was kind of, it was kind of my thought I was like okay well I guess that happened you know I didn't I didn't expect, I didn't expect that um, and and I'd love to, I I wondered what the consequences will be like for that um, and uh, my hope is that this the last season. David Harbor will just fucking stick around and not yeah. and not be in goddamn Russia the whole time. Because <laughs> right? he's a great part of the show, too. He, he is a great part of the show, you know, so. And I feel like see. this has been season four has been the worst for Hopper because we I mean, I know that we wanted to do I know that that David Harbor himself wanted to kind of get out of that kind of angry dad mode. Yeah. With his character. You know, they certainly did that. But mm-hmm. like he was much more entertaining and enjoyable in the first three seasons than I, I, I feel like he was in this one. And that's not to say that David Harbour is doing a bad job. I don't mean that at all in any way. What I'm saying is the way that the, the character arc, like it's, it's kind of serious and depressing. And I, yeah. I, I, I like Hopper to kind of have that kind of snarky kind of attitude. And he doesn't right. have that ability anymore because he's in a fucking gulag. Right. Yeah, I would not be uh, snarky and funny <laughs> were I were I in Siberia. <laughs> that would not be fun. Yeah. No, I agree. 
Well, well, this has been very good. I'm gonna let you go. Um, friends, thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Fuga Chats with Matt Nathan. We will see you next time.